What up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. Let's get into it. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Today's the Day with Zach Anderson. What up, what up, what up? Um, welcome to Today's the Day. All right, what's up, everybody? Um, welcome to Today's the Day. Much loved, everybody. Today's the day. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. I wanted to jump on super quick and let you guys know. Um, I'm extremely excited to announce that we finally have the top 10 journals live. They're on todaysthedayshop.com. Make sure you go and get yours. These things are perfect. We got them to the T exactly how we want them. It took longer than we were hoping, but they're amazing. I can't wait for you guys to go and implement these practices and develop these habits that have completely changed my life. So go and check out the journals, go and get yours today. Um, and I appreciate you guys. Much love. I'm super, super stoked for this episode. It's going to be really fun. Um, first off and before anything else, thank you so much for making it out, Mitch, for real. I appreciate you. I know how busy you are and it means a ton that you made the, the time to get out here. Yeah. Happy to be here. Thank you, man. And then real quick to intro you for anyone who doesn't know, we have Mitch Matthews on today. It's going to be a hell of an episode. I'm super excited. Just a little bit of a background on Mitch. Um, he, he grew up, went to play college ball and he was an NFL athlete between BYU when he was in college. And then the Kansas city chiefs is where you played, correct? Yeah. And then a couple other stops. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Um, you right now you're, you're a success coach in multiple other areas. You're a coach, massive entrepreneur. You own Anthem pest control, which is yeah. where, where my connection with understanding yeah. who you were came from. You own a company called Dapper, which I want to dive into. And then you just had some really, really unique experiences and relationships with people that are going to be an amazing experience to go and talk about, understand, and hear stories about. So yeah. first and foremost, man, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Um, just to rewind, to give her a little bit of a background, like my favorite thing to go through is kind of understand the person that we're, we're kind of hearing from would be like, what's your story from day one? So where were you born? Yeah. And so on and so forth. What was your story from out the gates? I was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and then I lived 17 years in Beaverton, Oregon. So my dad got a job out there. It was just our little family out there. I only have one brother, hmm. uh, two great parents I grew up with. Uh, my mom has since passed away five years ago. And uh, my, my dad uh, and I are super close now. My brother and I have always been best friends. Um, but I, uh, I grew up as the little bro to my, my brother. Yeah. And uh, that taught me a ton because he was always a, a much better athlete than I was. Yep. Um, How many years older is he? Just two. Just two? Two grades, yeah. And he got a scholarship to BYU, and he was highly recruited, and I was sort of uh, riding his coattails because I had the same last name as him. And so I sort of felt like when I was getting recruited, I was sort of just because of him, which I'm so, so grateful for. Yeah. Um, and uh, we played at BYU together for, I think, a year and a oh, half. Oh, you played together? Years. Yeah. He That's was dope. a slot receiver, tight end receiver, and he had, uh, he, you know, he had some big plays at BYU, and uh um, you know, uh, the classic older brother, little brother situation where, you know, you, you can brag openly to your brothers. Like, you can be cocky as hell to, <laughs> your, to your brothers. And he always used to tell me, uh, you know, um, you know, you could have more stats than me, more touchdowns than me, but you, you, you never had, and this is like my sophomore, junior year, you never had the number one play on uh, ESPN. And, <laughs> that's uh, where he always that's got what, you. That's, that's where he always got me. And then my senior year, uh, um, first game of the year playing Nebraska, and uh, I caught that Hail Mary. And then that was that was the the, the best play. You, you got him back. So I finally got him back, man. So <laughs> that's anyways, and we have an amazing relationship. And um, school wasn't my thing at all at BYU. I hardly ever went to class. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, 
was probably out of my league in terms of like, BYU was an insanely good school. Yeah. I and mean, it was a little bit out of my league in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, and I, I didn't like the fact that uh, um, I would go to class and I would feel like inferior because <laughs> I walked down to the south part of campus and I'm supposed to like, I'm supposed to think like I'm the man, right? You can never not think you're the man to play and make it at the highest level and perform at the highest level in sports, especially football. Yeah. And so I just stopped going to class because I'm like, I, I just, I look around at these 500 other students in my class and I'm like, I shouldn't be here. I had a 3.0 in high school and <laughs> these guys are insanely smart and talented and I know nothing about economics. And so I just, I, I just stopped, uh, I just stopped going to class as much. And, and now I'm not saying school is a joke or anything. That's not what I'm advocating for. I'm just saying school wasn't my thing. I know, yeah. what I'm, I know what I'm good at, and I stay in that lane. I have 10 times the amount of weaknesses that I do strengths, but I just double down on those strengths, which at the time was football. And then uh, I went to play in the NFL afterwards. And, um, you know, that's where I guess that my journey began of, like, forming me. Yeah, in um, the NFL, you're saying. Yeah, because uh, – and I will get into, you know, deeper topics on this, but things didn't go my way like they always had. Right. I played mm. for four different teams. Yeah. You know, you get you get hired or you get uh, selected or, you know, I, I was undrafted, but a, a team chose me. They, they were they wanted me to be there. And then six months later, they don't. And then a new team wants it and they don't. And so oh, it was the dude. first time ever I was I was actually getting rejected. This is this is so foreign to me from going from a guy who thought, you know, so highly of himself as a football player to like being literally like unwanted. <laughs> like, and, like calling Just... my agent and being like, yo, am I wanted? It was a weird. It was very formative. Gosh. Anyway, so that, that was me, was, was football was me um, being a little brother who looked up to his big bro and dreamed so big and uh, getting to play at BYU and having a successful career there. Um, and then things sort of taking a turn that I definitely didn't ask for. It yeah. sort of made me who I am. Yeah. And I think that's why I do these types of podcasts because I, I parlay those learnings that I had when, when things sort of crashed down on me. Uh, into a good good message. Well, yeah, what, what that does, it just goes and it relates you to every other human being because everybody at some point, no matter how good your life is, you face something that kind of rocks you yeah, or a defeat or failure, whatever it may be. And then if someone can understand how you went and got through that and made something really cool out of it, I think that's super powerful. So that's, yeah. that's really cool. I love it, man. So let's go touch on kind of everything. And then your post-NFL stuff is the stuff I'm most excited to talk about, but sure. I'm very interested and very, I, I can't imagine how that would feel, first off, like going and, just kind of not feeling wanted after being the man. I can't even imagine. Like, right. I, I, uh, yeah, I hated that, it. That would oh, be a I, really, I hated it, that man. would be a really tough, like pill to swallow. Yeah. Right. But you ended up primarily at the, with the chiefs, correct? That was the first team. And then I ended with the dolphins. Yeah. Ended with the dolphins. Uh-huh. Got you. And as far as, year. so what you kind of learned, cause you said you learned lessons in that, that hardship and everything like that. What did you kind of learn through, through college and NFL, but like mostly NFL, where, where did you go and like, what lessons did you pull from that? Oh gosh, man, a ton. Um, you want me to just spout them off? Abs- I, yeah, I absolutely can. <laughs> Please, absolutely. Like literally, and we'll go it, any direction it goes. It's all good. Just yeah. whatever you learned, whatever you feel was valuable, like with that story. Yeah, and the reason why I say that is because there's so many stories and things. This this was the formative time in my life. Mm-hmm. So like I'll, your bre- this is your breakthrough in yeah life breakthrough for good. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know. Going from thinking, you know, you're the man, you're, you're, you, at least I thought, you know, I was the best in the country, one of the best in the country to like, the first thing that hit me was going undrafted. You're like, wait a minute, this is, this can't be right. And so, uh, you know, you're trained to have confidence, mm. whether you drop a pass, have a bad game. Like, so it's the supreme confidence that no matter what happens around you, you still have the same confidence level. That's what you're trained for. Yeah. You're trained to do. Yeah. Um, but you start having these things that like pick at you, you know what I'm saying? That like, yeah. 
that you that, can't shake that make you like <laughs> rethink the confidence you had. Yeah. And so the reason why I was able to keep, uh, and I'll tell you all the things that ha- that went down, but the reason I was able to keep, uh, the confidence was I had extremely loving parents that trained my self-esteem to be at the highest level, no matter what happened. And so mm-hmm. I, I go back to like the deep, deep root. It was my parents that taught me because I was, I knew I was so loved that I could, I love myself fully that no matter what happened around me, any sort of failure, I was loved after the failure. And I love myself. Too. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Which is really important. That's a very important piece. Of so uh, I have failed often and I love myself after most people have a hard time loving themselves after because they get into this blame game. Mm-hmm. And so that that's where that's where things started. That was the basis of who I was. So when I got cut by the Chiefs, even after telling, you know, they, they, they let me go. Hey, leave your clothes here in Kansas City. We're going to call you back next week. We're, we're going to re-sign you. My clothes are sitting in Kansas City. They never call me back. And the Browns called me. And I had a good time there, and I hurt my hamstring. And I, I got let go there because I hurt my hamstring. And then I, I, this my, my next year, I was with the Vikings for a short time. And the general manager is saying, Man, I have you as a top five receiver on this team, which top five is a great place to be. And to, to getting released by them. I mean, by the same guy who said I was a top five guy, getting released by that same guy. Oh, my gosh. And in uh, the manner in which it happened, too, is uh, I get a call from, you know, one of his, you know, right-hand man. This is the general manager of the Vikings. I get a call. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, uh, GM wants to meet with you. And your stomach just drops. Just, <laughs> well, he's not going to wish me happy birthday. He's, he's, <laughs> something's going to happen, right? So I go up there and, uh, you know, he lets me go. And we talk for just a second. But by the time I'd walk downstairs from his office to my locker, there's two people standing in my locker with a garbage bag, filling it up for me, like with all my belongings. To Bro, you know that is cutthroat. It's cra- it, like all the rumors you, you have of like those crazy stories, they're actually real because I'm telling you that happened to me. And, and once again, like that, it's my, like, I'm the, like, I'm the man in the arena. It's only, it's up to me whether I quit or keep going, you know, mm-hmm. fortunately, uh, a week later, the, the Miami Dolphins picked me up and I was with them for, you know, four, four ish months, four and a half months. But, um, what I'm getting at is like the, the basis. I knew I was so loved, um, by amazing parents that it taught me to love myself unconditionally. And I, I hope this doesn't sound sappy at all. That I think is, is what high performance is, is when you, you have the courage to try anything, yep. like expose yourself to the NFL or to this crazy goal you might set for yourself or this business, uh, that, that you want to launch, which could get really big. You expose yourself to a lot, a lot of hate. Oh yeah. Or like when I got cut by every team that I was, that I was released by, you have millions of people that find out you have people that just trash you rag on you. When I had a bad game at BYU, the fans that were raving fans the week before, are now your biggest haters, right? Yeah. So when you go big, you expose yourself to a lot. Yep. But if you have a basis of, of some real, real self love, meaning when you try and you know, there's a chance of failure that you already embrace that. And you're saying, if it, if the worst happens, I'm still good. Oh yeah. hundred percent dude. So that's actually really gold. Like real learning that like the number one chokehold of any success for any human being is fear of failure. Always like that is like the number one. That is why people don't go succeed because right. they don't even try knowing like the antidote for that. Like working backwards is self-love starting from there is so powerful. Cause I feel like that's so overlooked in most like success cultures. Most success cultures yeah. are like just freaking just grind, 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 go right. get it. And they, sur- they just completely pass they worry about yourself, take yourself, self-love yeah. kind of thing, which I mean, dude, that's, that's so gold. I love that. So in the NFL, right. When you're going, I just, this is off, out of curiosity for me when you're going and getting cut and like, you see the, you see them packing the bag. What is like your 
it, your emotion. Like I imagine some people get extremely angry. Some people like just like embarrassment. I know what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Embar- embarrassment. I got you. Because those are your teammates. You're you're going to dinners with. You're hanging out with every single day. Yeah. And they like don't want to look. That's in front of like your your boys, yeah. your teammates, man. Oh, it's insane. Dude. And now, like I said before, it, like you want to make it not about this pity party because the second you have that pity party is you're you're cutting your chances for success. Like I had success with the Dolphins the next week they signed me. Yeah. You're cutting those chances in half because I had to go perform in front of the, the Miami Dolphins and work out in front of. 20 other, you know, executives to see if I was good enough. But if I had a pity party the week before and, and talked down to myself, uh, that forgot that self-love, that. then I would have gone there with a weaker mindset. Yep. But, but that supreme confidence yep. is that I'm confident uh, no matter what happens to me, success or failure, it's going to stay about the same level. That's very cool. And that's like a very unique, like that's usually a very learned thing. So that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's very badass. I love that. Um, so there you go. You had, you had your NFL and you probably learned a ton of really important lessons while, while in the NFL. Um, but I'm curious exiting the NFL from what it looks like. And from talking a little bit before the podcast, then kind of the track you're on right now and what you've already done since then, right? What hidden blessings or messages or like lessons were learned leaving the NFL? Yeah. Right. And then getting into where that led you now, where you're at yeah. so on and so forth. Um, I've learned as I've gotten older, and I'd like to chill just talking about this because I'm just like thinking through like what happened. Why, why, how have I gotten to where I've gotten what happened? And just thinking about it is like, it's, it's powerful to just me to just like, you know, re-dive into it is um, I used to think that anger was a bad thing. You got to avoid it at all costs. Embarrassment was a bad thing. I used to think that that was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But what embarrassment did for me, um, like going from like, what I would call and some people would call the man in college to like, yeah. to old fruit, right. In the NFL. <laughs> um, that was embarrassing for me, but that embarrassment and that anger yeah, made me launch a business right after, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was it like, made, your it, propeller. It drove, it's like, no, 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 no. Like I'm not going to, I'm tired of hearing that I'm not, you know, good enough. Uh, I, I believe that I am, but I'm tired of hearing that, that I'm not. So that, embarrassment that anger propelled me to do some really freaking cool things for sure it made me super gutsy man i'm telling you it made me super gutsy because i was like wait i failed on the highest stage yeah like the high the highest of sport at least football the highest of sports stage like i've had some mini failures there it's a success to get there right yeah. but i've had also had some failures there as well yeah, yeah for sure and so Anything else after that is a breeze. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tr- trying to start a business. The embarrassment of that. That's you're like, easy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's like doing it in the shadows rather than out on yeah, the Yeah, like dude, the Twitter knows about what's going on. <laughs> and so like it, it, it was uh, looking back at the embarrassment, the anger, that actually made me do some really cool things, right? That's and I can dope. tell you some stories of like, like I'm so glad that like the embarrassment muscle has been almost eliminated from my body like the ability to even get embarrassed is be, is 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 practically gone because I've I've been in, embarrassed per se at, at the biggest stage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think embarrassment, no joke. I would say embarrassment is one of the or sorry, fear of embarrassment is one of the biggest killers for people's success. Yeah. I and mean, if I post this, is my family going to make fun of me? Is my uncle going to trash on me? Yeah, if I start this business true. and it fails, I'm going to get made fun of by people that think I'm cool. So I probably just shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Safe. Yeah, fear of embarrassment. That. The second you can get rid of that embarrassment, 
will be the reason why you actually unlock and give yourself the permission to do some pretty cool stuff. That's really cool. So literally like uh, what I'm taking away from that is your transition out of the NFL. It wasn't per se that you were in the mindset to go and be like, oh, this is such a good lesson for me to learn. But you were Hell actually- no, I was pissed. Yeah, you had, <laughs> you had these, what people would call just super unpleasant emotions that you just fully lean into. And rather yeah. than using them as an excuse or like a demotivator, you did the opposite, which yeah. is really cool. What do you think happened? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And this might be a question that might, it might take some time to think about to understand. At what point in your life, like what happened to give you that, the mindset of using things the right way? Because a lot of people go through anger and embarrassment and they use it the wrong way. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. Like they use it in a way of like taking their foot off the gas pedal. Like, oh, it's a sign. Like I, I need to just slow down. Maybe I just need to go get a nine to five. Maybe I just need to go and like, like maybe like risky things aren't for me or whatever. Does yeah. that make sense? Where, Dude, where in your life do you feel like you adopted the, the, I would call it emotional maturity to use it as, as a motivator and as like gas on the fire rather than the opposite. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? And you might not even know. So if you don't oh, know, know, take a minute. Okay. Let's hear it. Absolutely. Uh, just to piggyback on what you said, uh, I would say 90% of people would probably be doing something else with their life if they didn't get embarrassed so easily. Think about that. I agree. Think about all the crazy intelligent people that wish they weren't an accountant, but they are because their father-in-law might say something. Yep. But they yep, could yep, be yep. doing something rad. Yeah. I thought being an accountant's not rad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Something that's it's, rad to them. Like something that right. in their, at their core they want to do. Talk to, talk to a bunch of people and you'll find out well, they don't really love that job. It's just there in their life because they're scared if it left what would happen and that applies for money as well like they're like they're it, they're like they have the golden handcuffs they don't want to go do what they actually want to do because they know the path yep. they're on is either secure or it's crazy abundant but they're miserable i would say 90 percent of people got you and so i look back at like if i could change some things like i bring my mom back which i that's that's forever but you know in the nfl it's like man i wish i could just play 10 years mm -hmm. but what if 
what if the lessons I learned from not having that 10 year career and only playing a couple of years is the greatest thing that ever happened to me? Yeah. And the courage to go there and even have that thought, I think is what, what allowed me to, to look at anger as a motivator Yeah, and anxiety sometimes as an alert Yeah, and stressors as just something that makes me stronger. Yeah. It's turning those things into positives. But when I became someone different is when my mom passed away. So I was 25 when she passed. I got the first week I was in Kansas City, I got the news. I remember where exactly where I was. I got a text uh, from my mom. She got back from the doctor. It was terminal cancer. She had four to six months to live. Mm-hmm. First week, I'm trying to play pro ball. Um, and uh, I got a mom who I'm, I, I've never met, a, 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 at least you know, in my circle, someone who was as close to their mom as I was. It was painful, man. And trying to yeah, play at the I highest level that, physically with carrying that emotional baggage was tough. Um, and and uh, she passed away when I was on the uh, Minnesota Vikings. My teammates embraced me. They were amazing. Stephon Diggs was, was great uh, to me. And um, it was a formative time. Um, but there was a point in my life where uh, my mom passed away. The same weekend as my wedding, she missed it by like four days. I kid you not. Oh my crazy. gosh, it's crazy. So the people that came in town for the, uh, the uh, funeral just kind of lingered for my wedding. So oh, I got a wife dude. that's playing college soccer at BYU. She's trying to plan a wedding, do her finals. I'm playing football in the NFL. I got a mom who's sick. I got, um, at the time I actually launched a business, but that was, that was just another thing that was making this so formative. And I remember thinking like, if this is happening to me now, and I can still make it and still push through, aren't I just creating a rad story instead? Yeah. I can, I can fully take this story. Cause I, I see when I tell people this story, I see their emotions towards it. Like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy, man. Yeah. The fool would take other people's emotions, watching other people's emotions and feel bad for me and say, you know what, dude, I can use their emotion as my, as my, uh, excuse card. I can yeah. lay it down and they'll accept it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Take but if I accept it, it then like if I throw a pity party, they'd show up. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now that could have happened. That was an option. And guess what? It would have been rightfully so. My story's crazy. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, I chose to honor, uh, my mom. I chose to honor myself to, to keep going and doing some pretty epic things. Yeah. And that the, the, the Minnesota Vikings that cut me when I was on the Miami Dolphins, I ended up catching a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings when I was on the Dolphins. Right. And uh, that was that's got to feel surreal. It felt insane. That's got to feel felt insane. That's amazing. And uh, was able to launch a business and that business will do, we'll have, you know, over the next six to eight months, we'll have 20 million in reoccurring revenue right around there. I love it. I love it. uh, um, And I'm just saying that because like those things were all born during this turmoil. It was, it was the NFL and this business were happening during this turmoil. And then I had to turn them into something, right? Yeah. The Midas touch, I had to turn that stuff into gold. And, uh, that, that, um, I, I wish I could re- re- redo everything on that. And that, when that happened, I wish I could for sure. Um, but it's just a choice, you know, yeah. all those emotions taught me just to parlay all those bad things into good. Really cool, man. I mean, first off, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's deep, that's heavy, yeah. um, and massive hats off to you for handling the way you did. And like, again, using the emotional maturity is the only thing I can think of to put it into words really to go and like, yeah propel your life rather than, than stunt it. And the only reason I, I say that is because 0% of what I just said is a flex. It's because there's so many people going through uh, what I went through uh, right now. And I, I just hope to be an educator 
on how to handle it. Yep. Like every, there's people who have gone through far worse than me. Seriously, far worse. Yep. And so this isn't like a, I'm a hero at all. It's just I have learned something and I can coach people on it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I mean, that that's gold. Again, thank you. So then segueing from NFL, everything that happened, the way you handled it was, was amazing. You used all of that emotion to go and start a business. Now to that business, that point in life. What was that yeah. business? How did that break down? What did you learn there? And then from there, where have we gone? You know, uh, the business that I started uh, was really the first thing I said yes to. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because the entrepreneur spirit was always in me. It was mm-hmm. just like waiting for its turn after football was over. Yeah. Whether I played 10 years in the NFL or two, it just, it was always waiting there to, to be unleashed. So uh, when I had the opportunity to start this business, um, I was, it was like an immediate yes. Cause I've always been excited to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, uh, I said yes to it. It was, uh, a direct home sales, uh, selling pest control. And it's a, it's a pest control business. Like I said, I, I told you the numbers of, of what we're doing, but it didn't start that way. Yeah. You know what I mean, uh, but I didn't really care that we had, you know, in my opinion, had failed like our first couple of years and just didn't do well. And it was back to the embarrassment train of like having to tell some of these big dogs in Utah, like what we're doing in revenue just peril to the amount that they were doing. And it was sort of embarrassing again, right? But that's, that's the point of it. You're going to be embarrassed when you start something new because you're not that good at it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, um, I understand that. And so it's, it's formed me into a better leader, a better coach. I've been able to organize my thoughts better so I can teach better all through business, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's been hard. Um, and I, and once again, I, I, I just had a mom that had passed away four months before I went out and, uh, you know, uh, had my, uh, biggest year in sales. Yeah. And so, um, just as so many formative moments, um, you know, we have right now about a hundred sales reps. We'll have like a hundred and probably 40 to 50 come out with us this year. And, uh, it'll be a really big year for us. Yeah. And, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Once again, it's, it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'll be a work in progress the day I die. Exactly. You know I so. love it, dude. No, I, I love it. So then what was the, the name of the pest control company? Anthem, Anthem. correct? Yeah, yeah. Anthem. Beautiful. And then Anthem occupied how much of your time for how long? It still does take up like it's the majority. You know, I, I've yep. launched things like Dapper, which are like, I, I just more, I don't necessarily run the day to day at all. I put my money towards and I use my leverage of the brand I built for myself that, you know, makes them post, but really it's, you know, a hundred sales reps, a hundred employees, um, and running that business. So it takes up the majority of my time is, is the, is the good deal. training sales reps. For sure. No, good deal. That's awesome. Um, and then since being there, so that's the industry that I'm in, right. And I'm very yeah. familiar just in that industry in general, I've learned again, countless lessons there, everything like that. Um, advice. Cause a lot of our listeners are, they're in that space. That's exactly what they do and why they listen. Right. Yeah. As of right now, what advice would you have to someone stepping into a role in direct to home? Like, and I know that's totally off topic, totally out of the blue, I but while it, we're on it, what, what would you have there? There's so much there to unpack. Um, the summer, if it, we'll call it a summer, if you're selling just, you know, four to six months mm-hmm. is tough. Like it's some of the, it's like some of the toughest times I've ever had you know, like yeah. grinding. You kidding me? Like in football, you grind for like two hours a day and then they want you to rest all day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? People think you work out 12 hours a day. It's not true. You work out two hours a day, three hours a day, and then you rest all day and watch film. Right. So going out and grinding for you know 12 hour days for six months, not missing a single day, uh, getting rejected more often than you ever have in your life. Like it's a grind. So kudos to those who do it. But because you have to recognize how hard it is, you have to go back to your preparation. And so for me, um, I'm 0% fortunate that my mom passed away, but I'm fortunate that my first summer doing summer sales was close to when she passed away. Why? Because my perception of what hard Mm. really was, was so close to that event 
my first like couple months of my first summer, I sold a thousand uh, homes in pest control, which at the time, no rookie had ever done that. Um, but the only reason I was able to do that was because I had these angel wings from my mom. Like it was months before when she passed away. Yeah. And, uh, um, I remember going, you know, uh, to people's doors, there was times where days were tough and I'm wiping tears away and yeah. trying to give this pest control pitch, trying to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that, that, that's a, that's a freaking true story. And like, that's, yep. and, uh, so my perception of what like hard really was, it didn't matter if there was a hundred no's in the day, I still had to be a dog. Yeah. You know what I'm saying I was trained physically with, um, in the NFL, um, to, to be able to withstand just doing it all the time. Yeah. And so sales is, uh, is your ability to keep your confidence, uh, post rejection, yep. uh, a company with skills. And so I'm a big time networker. I love meeting new people. I love meeting people who are 10 times more talented than me in a certain area. Mm-hmm. And I did that before my first summer, I went and met with the best people in the industry and, uh, um, made sure I took what helped them accelerate their success and just, I, I, I took it and did it myself. Uh, I mean, so it was yeah. a, a combination of all those things. Yep. Uh, you, it's a business like your summer or your year is your, is your Super Bowl. It is your big, it's your, it's your moment. It's your shot, man. Yeah. And what doors have opened up to me after even just my first summer selling a thousand homes and breaking some records in best control, like has opened doors for me to go meet some really rad people. Just something stupid, as stupid as that. But yeah. I made it not stupid as knocking on doors. I made it like game day. I made it like my NFL for business. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I it's, love it's that. opened doors ever since. Yeah. Just the way you look at it. It's literally the way you look at it. I think would be, that's amazing. I love that. So on that same note, right? Same exact, same exact kind of situation. A lot of people listening, we have a lot of younger listeners, everything like that. And with the newer generation coming in, like one of the most important thing for me, like helping my, my younger reps, especially like they have a million examples and a million people telling them exactly what to do and, and giving good advice and everything like that. But one thing I've noticed is there's so many things that they need to like watch out for, like traps, I would say coming into adult life. So for someone listening that you would be coaching, that's coming from 17, 18 and in high school, going into adult life, like what are some things that you would watch out or what are some big downfalls you see in that generation where it's like coming into adult life that they, they just, they missed the mark on. Like, what would you say avoid rather Whoa. than advice? I love that. I've actually never thought about that. Uh, I'll first say that this I'm 31. Mm-hmm. So this new generation is different. And uh, dude, th- this younger generation, they don't put up with as much as like older people put up with. And that might be backwards from what people think. Like younger people nowadays, people are in their early twenties, they are not yes men. They don't do like my leadership has had to completely change. I came from the the world of like when you weren't doing something right, you got like audibly yelled at by a coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some coaches are ballistic, even on NFL players who are like bona fide Hall of Famers, they're getting screamed at. And and that's what you had to be okay with. Yeah. And so yeah, you know, now I lead people. The average age is probably in their early twenties. Yep. You you have any piece of you that wants to do that to this younger generation? They're super super stubborn. They don't do they don't do that. Yeah. They're not the, this this younger generation. I think is such a freaking cool generation. Most people think like they're bugged that they may not work as hard, but they do. They work a lot smarter. This younger generation works a lot smarter. They don't just get pushed around. I swear to you, they don't. Yeah. And uh, they they know who they are, and they're they're. They're kicking against the system and I freaking love it. It's frustrating sometimes because you're like, just do exactly what I say and you'll be successful. <laughs> but I learned so much more from these guys than, than, than they can probably learn from me. And so uh, and, uh, a pitfall is, uh, is, is what you're asking for. But I'm saying double down on uh, 
on uh, your creativeness, this younger generation. Double yeah. down on all these opportunities. And uh, um, I think this younger generation is doing an insanely good job. It's just frustrating to some older people. Yeah. It's not how they might have done it. Yeah. But this younger generation is insanely talented, insanely cool, and they are not having it the old way. And I freaking love that. Um, so That's dope. I, I went opposite of what your question was, but yeah. I want to make that clear. Like this younger generation, they ain't having it. And when yeah. I say it, it can be anything. They're just not having it. They don't get bossed around. They, those, it's a very free-spirited group. And uh, it's a total vibe that uh, is going to launch them forward and do a lot of really cool things. They question everything. They don't just say yes to whatever you say. Yeah. And so it's really, really helped my leadership a ton. Um, but what, what I would do is uh, um, to avoid a pitfall is uh, avoid thinking because that we're in the information economy. Yeah. I mean, you can learn things so quickly and so easily. Mm -hmm. Don't think that you actually do know everything. You actually have to go experience before you can really, really talk and speak with power. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. You might think you know real estate, but you have to actually go through an 08 or a 2022, 23 in uh, uh, the economy to really know real estate. Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. 100%. And so my, what I would say is I try to back everything I learn with actual experience because it actually sticks. I can speak with power if I know something and I've actually experienced it. Yeah. So just because young people live in the information economy, go experience it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you might think you want to do something, go hang out with uh, an entrepreneur that you really look up to and uh, experience it first. I love that actually. So there's like one thing I see, it's very common, exactly what you just said. So the three levels of understanding something is learning it, doing or experiencing it and then teaching it. That's the deepest level of understanding mm -hmm. it. I think so many people try and learn something and then teach it. And yeah, like, yeah. and I feel like that's also why you go and see so many just fake ass influencers teaching everyone to be oh. successful. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that's where I would, that's, that's where I would echo exactly what you're saying. And I love what you're saying because you can't skip, skip step two and go to step three. And a lot of people try to do that. Like if you're, if you have an idea, go figure it out first, go do it, yeah. experience it exactly. What you're saying, and then, yeah, absolutely go and teach other people how to do it. And I think people are, I think younger and younger people are going to become successful and they already are a lot quicker than what used to happen. Yeah. So you will see very credible young people be able yeah. to go and give you advice. Not if they haven't experienced or done it. Does that right. make sense? So I, I exactly what you're saying. I love that. Um, so on that, a couple other things catered directly towards like that audience, right? Because yeah. we're on it and, and I think it's super valuable and I can just think of all the people that listen to this that are going to be listening and be like, oh, it's so sick. Like that's what I, that's why I listen, right? Um, and then the older people are just going to fast forward. They're going <laughs> to hate like yeah. <laughs> everyone would disagree with me. All the older people say this, gen this next generation is weak. They're sick. Yeah. Whatever. No, I, I think it'll be good for everybody. But on this again, like putting yourself in like that 20 year old mindset, that 18 year old mindset, um, the first thing I want to ask would be, and it can be a short, long answer, whatever, would be going back to when you were 20 years old or 18 years old coming into your adult life. What do you just wish that you knew that you've had to go experience to now know? Does that yeah, make sense? Like, 100%. what do you, does that make sense? I think it's, I think it's an older person's job who's had any amount of success to go back and teach and help accelerate younger people. So it, it, it helps them avoid those things. Yep. Not that you're sheltering them. It's just, here, here's a direction I would definitely change. Yeah. Um, let me give you a couple things came to mind. Things that I would do different is I'm so glad I said yes to starting my first business. The second the NFL was over, I said yes. And I'm so glad I did because it's, you know, it's, it's turned out to be awesome, but let's pretend, let's pretend it never happened. What I would do if I was, you know, when I was done playing football, I was 
uh, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. But most people, let's just say they're leaving high school, 18, 19, 20. What I would do is I would go find the dopest, smartest, coolest person you want to be like and go be their apprentice for three years. Not a month, not a week, not a day. Go be a crazy, talented person's apprentice for three years. So when I was in the Miami Dolphins, I was able to have breakfast with Ryan Holiday. And he's an insane, you guys know who he is? He's an insanely talented writer, author. Yep. And I, as I was diving into a story, I'm like, how do you just, how do you just bust out like nine books that are just bestsellers? <laughs> like it doesn't just happen. Yeah. Like someone told you something, someone told you the information to write down. That's not just like natural. Yeah. And then learning that he was the apprentice for a long time from one of the smartest people on the planet who's wrote some other best-selling books. This is a copy and paste. Yeah. And exactly. so you're like, wait a minute, not, not, that does not take away from Ryan Holiday. It actually shows the genius that a guy like him, as talented as him, was able to put his ego aside and go be the apprentice for Robert Greene for multiple years. Yeah. Look what he was able to do right after. Yeah. And so I'll give you a short story. Um, when I was 27, after my first year in business, we, I, I would call it a failure of a first year, which a lot of people go through. Mm-hmm. I was able to go uh, and uh, shadow Jeremy Andrus, the CEO of Traeger. Traeger Grills. Yep. I texted him because I'd met him in college because he was a big BOU fan. I want to be an entrepreneur. So we met anyways. And I texted him when I was 27 years old and said, Hey, can I come shadow you for a day? 27 year old shadow. And he's like, I, I know he was laughing, but he's like, yeah, like, let's do it. And I went there and, and I remember some of his executives, like, like in a funny way, laughing at me for being a shadow at 27 years old. Like you've got to be past this by now. Yeah. Um, but those 12 hours that I spent with him, have taught me more about business success and leadership than six years of owning a business. Yeah. 12, hour, 12 hours versus six years. That's called acceleration. Yep. And so if I was an 18, 19, 20 year old, I would stop everything and go be an apprentice for the most talented person, you know, cause you'll learn things. It took them 50 years to gain. Yep. You'll learn how a billion dollar company. I, I learned that day, those 12 hours at, at Traeger. I learned how a multi-billion dollar company operates. And I was able to learn it from the person who did it. I love that. And so that 1 million percent take a year, at least go be an apprentice and be, uh, do, whether it's grabbing them coffee, whether it's just sitting there in silence. I sat in silence for 12 hours, just watching them. Yeah. Uh, that right there, I would say is the, the best thing you can do because that was experiencing yeah. something I did yeah. learn, but also was able to experience the flow of everything, yeah. how he held his meetings, how he talked to people, what he did in just 12 hours. Yeah. And, uh, if I could go back all, uh, if I could go back and do it all over again, that I, I would force him to allow me to do it for an entire year. That is so that's so good. So anyone who's listened to my story or knows my story, like I unwillingly was taken under someone's wing as an apprentice and Casey ball literally completely shaped formed and, and created a new way for the way I looked at life amazing. by literally That's a good one to have. It was, am- it was amazing. And I, d- I didn't go seek him out. I wasn't that I wasn't educated enough. I didn't have that advice to go find a mentor and like go be his apprentice, but he hired me to stock his fridge and then started paying me to read books. Like he went out of his way to like, yeah, like be better than that even. And he took full, like, 
interest in everything. I, like he was, it was amazing. It changed my life. Like that's exactly why I am where I am. And that's also the origin, the reason for the podcast. Like, so that hits home a hundred percent. And I love that. And I've never had someone go and give that advice at all, yeah. which I think is the best advice to give. I'm telling like, you stop right now. And you know, your situation better than me. Everyone does stop right now. Go find that apprentice or sorry, go find that person to be an apprentice for that is the accelerator that you're looking for as you scroll on Instagram that you might find a little jolt of information. Go sit by, find that person. Yep. I love it. that. Dude, I've, that's like, that's probably one of my favorite pieces of advice I've ever had someone give on here. So I love that. Thank you. For and sure then there, bro. on that as well, right? Going back in your 20 year old mindset, everything like that, I think it's a very important question and the answer is different for everyone, which I love. Like I absolutely love that it's different for everybody. Um, because a lot of people look at you and they go and they read your bio or they start listening like, holy crap, like that's success. And I've also had other people that have done nothing that you've done that people look at like, holy crap, that's success. Um, for you, knowing where what you know, where you sit now, and it may have changed from when you were younger, like what is success to you? And yeah. when you're telling people like, and you were, use the word success, what is that to you? And monetary is not a bad thing. I think, I think a lot of people like immediately think that thinking money is success is bad thing. It's Money's not important. It, it important. is important. Absolutely. Yeah, but what, important. what would that be to you? What, what is success to you? Um, I've always had, I'll get a little bit deep here. Um, I've always had, uh, I've always given off good energy to people, you know, just being fun and, uh, and vibrant and just giving off good vibes. Like there are literal waves, like radio waves, like uh, any type of rake. There are literal rays coming off of us when we walk into a room. And that's the first thing that impacts people. It goes to people's gut and it says, Ooh, I like this guy before I've even talked to him. Yeah. Or the opposite. Something's off with that guy. Yeah. That's, the, that's literally the vibe. I know vibe has become like a fun word. Yeah. That's a literal thing. <laughs> and so, uh, I, uh, I, I feel like I impacted a lot of people by bringing off good vibes. And, uh, so success is to me, everyone that I talk to impact, whether it's a podcast and one-on-one meeting a business, I want to just flood people with amazing vibes. Cause I think that's what changes people at their core. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel Someone that. could be super smart, but if they give off bad vibes, that intelligence is giving off diminishing returns. Yeah, less, it's less sense? meaningful for sure. And so as I launched this business, as some bad things happened to me, I let go and didn't double down on putting off good vibes. I got a little bit selfish. I got a little bit, I was angry. Yeah. I was a little bit more selfish. Cause I'm like, man, I'm so angry. Just give me, give me, give me. Yeah. And over the last um, few years, I feel like, the returns I was getting because I was giving off great vibes often in, in every day. Yeah. They were diminished and they, and they, they turned off a little bit. Mm. It wasn't until recently that I, and when I say recently within the last year that I realized like, Mitch, that is your superpower giving off good vibes. Yeah. And, uh, um, what, when I know I'll be ultra successful is when anybody I meet says, that's an amazing guy. I want to be like that guy. Mm. Not because of money value. Yeah. Not because of I'm doing X, Y, Z thing. It's a young kid, a person my age, someone older than me says, you know what? 
dude, that guy's got it. And they can't explain it because it's hard to explain vibe. They see me, they know I'm vibrant. It doesn't matter how much money I have, but they say, I want that life. I would trade places with him yeah. because everyone's looking for happiness. Ultimately, they think money's going to make them happy. Mm-hmm. But they're looking for that happiness. Mm-hmm. And if I can give off fantastic vibes to people, the literal vibes, not the metaphorical vibes, the literal ones <laughs> to people where it actually changes their makeup. Yeah. That is, that is why I'm here on earth. Yeah. And the, the, the more money I do make, the more those vibes can be a lot more places than I and not even in physically. Exactly. Whether it's social media, whether it's yeah, impact, exactly. whether it's my brand. Yeah. My brands are going to carry a certain vibe. It's the vibe that I instill. Yeah. My managers, my sales reps, they're going to carry some of my vibe. Yeah. Like for, I mean, for real, like it's a real thing. So yeah, I have to be, I have to be, uh, to make sure that self love, that self care, uh, is there. I have to make sure my happiness is, is first. And so where I started to get this, this back is, uh, I started doing, um, uh, four day work week where my Wednesdays are like for me and for pretty much me only like where it's the hot and it's the sauna and cold bath day. It's the stretch lab day. It's the massage day. It's more yeah. time with the family day. Yeah. And I've seen my productivity go up, my happiness go up, which means the vibes I'm giving off are better. And, uh, I'm able to tap in on why I'm here on this earth and my superpowers, which That's is impacting so cool. people. That's so, yeah. And like you just barely said at the very, very end there, which is impacting people. Like part of that too, is like, not only are people going to look at you and be like, oh, I want to be like him. They're going to be like, dang, I want to be around him because, because yeah. you, you bring up their level. Like your frequency brings up everyone's frequency. And on the flip, the exact reason why people are like, oh, his vibes are off. You can bring people down big time too. And mm-hmm. I love that. Defining success like that is a really, really cool way of doing it. I like that. Yeah. And here's the thing about uh, those egotistical selfish vibes is you don't realize what you're doing to other people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But you look around after five years, you're like, Oh my gosh, like they don't want to be around me as much. Yeah. They're like avoiding me or they're like, I want to find these business partners, but like I can't catch them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's not always like an immediate transaction. It's just yeah. after a while, it's like, it could be a wearing down people vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you're, serve, you're a withdrawal. Like a, you're a withdrawal. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm taking from them instead yep. of, overfilling my cup and it just it spreads to everybody yeah and then you become infectious and yeah without you even trying people just want to be around you yeah which leadership is influenced nothing less nothing more and so people are wanting to be around me and i'm not even doing much besides giving yeah, to exactly. myself and other people exactly it's insane. and, and the, the first <clears throat> the first step to that on that like to my understanding is like awareness like i think a lot of people they don't mean to go give off bad vibes. Like using that word is funny, but it's very legitimate. Like they don't mean to go and drag other people down. They don't mean to go be a withdrawal. They don't mean to be the guy where you dread the phone call. Cause you're like, Oh, he's just going to go complain about his day. And then you just don't answer the call after or a week berate me for not having success. Exactly. He's going to love me. Exactly. And teach me through, through, through this hard time. Exactly. And I think again, going back to kind of a common theme with everything you've said, which I, I love hitting on. Cause it doesn't get hit on enough, especially in like the success minded world is like, it all starts with you. You just said it too. Like you fill your own cup before you can fill anyone else's. Yeah. And like, I know people who love to be like giving because it looks good. Right. But they're not like, they're not worrying about themselves first and they're not taking care of themselves first. And that yeah. ends up actually hurting people around you. Yeah. So I think the first step Rec- is yeah, recognize the first step is you're probably about to say it. The first step is recognize what vibe you're giving off. Yep. And if it's not on point, that happy vibe, that infectious positive vibe, 
you're going to work your tail off to be average. Yep, exactly. If you're, if you're already working hard, you might as well have this aura and this energy about you that's also working for you full time. Exactly. And the way you do that, the way, and correct me if you or if you don't agree, but I think you work on you first. Like literally yeah. you, you go internal, you figure that out, and then you can go and change the vibe you're giving off. Because the vibe you're giving off is a direct reflection of how you're feeling. Yep. Like uh, in, in my opinion, like I think you have got to go and find that place of like, extreme confidence, self-love and approach it that way. So yeah. I, I love it. And that. also with that, like for all the young listeners, cause I feel like there's probably a lot of entrepreneurs that in uh, future entrepreneurs that are listening to this, like from what I just said, imagine getting into something, a job you don't love. If you're not fully happy there, the vibes you're giving off are negative. They're yep. pouty. You can stand in a room and you can hurt the room or help the room without even saying a word. Yep. So find something you're super passionate about and you burn out less. You're happier doing it even if it fails because you're like, I just freaking love this. Yep. And your vibes are working for you too. Yeah. You know, most people, and I feel like this happens a lot in Utah and a lot, well, especially nowadays, just with social media, people will see success and they'll say, ooh, I want that. Because yep. we can get things a lot faster nowadays because social media and the world we live in. They'll see success and they'll say, I want that. And that that could be the money a blank company made, but they don't love what that company does. They love the outcome that the company got, which is selling the company for X amount of dollars. Exactly. So they'll copy that company, go start that company, right? But they realize that they didn't love the process. They just love the outcome. Yeah. And so now they're now in an industry because of an outcome. They don't love the process. And the entire time, they don't love it. And if you don't love what you're doing, you're going to give off those wrong vibes and not have something working for you, which is that energy that it's gonna you're going to be an uphill battle. Off. Yeah. Which, exactly. which often ends in failing in that sense, like it, not completing what you set out to do, not getting that outcome you started with. Yeah. If you're approaching it from the wrong, the wrong perspective. Right. And I heard this recently. If you, if you, the person who loves to walk will walk mm, further than that's uh, exactly the, the quotation, right? Yeah, say so, that again one more time, but that's so gold. The, the person who loves to walk will walk further than the person who loves the destination. Yes, sir. So if you're on social media finding destinations, finding successes, and saying, I'm going to go start a company because I want that success, you're probably going to hate the walk. Yep. If you hate the walk, you're not going to walk as far as the person who loves the walk. Exactly. And that, I believe, because a happy person is more productive because they love the walk. Yep. So be ruthless with the business that you're starting, you, you must love it. You must absolutely love it and the energy that's giving to you because the energy it's giving to you is what you're blasting out to yeah. other people. So I'm curious on what you think to play devil's advocate. And this is a little bit off topic and I apologize. I'm just curious to pick your brain more than anything for my sake. Um, I've heard multiple people say, and I've also kind of realized through experience if you really get passionate about something and you work towards something and you get really good at it, that you're not miserable doing obviously. And it might be really hard. Like knocking doors are a really good example. I yeah. have learned to freaking love what I do. It's amazing. Does that make sense? Yeah. But out the gates, I didn't. So what do you say to someone like that in that kind of situation? I, I, I have, and I did terrible my first year. I was a flop. I was not record setting rookie year. I was the worst actually. <laughs> um, but I've actually learned to really, really enjoy my work and the aspects of it that I love. Cause there, I think there's always going to be things you don't like or things that are like headaches or problems or whatever it may be the things that I love with my job far outweigh 
the things that I don't love. Like all of my guys under me that I get to go help do exactly what I did and get like the financial freedom, the time freedom, and then the other things that I'm able to do with my time, like the podcast and stuff like that. Yeah. I absolutely love what I do, but I wouldn't necessarily say door to door sales is something that I'm extremely passionate about at the gates. Does that make sense? 100%. What do you do? What do you say to someone in that situation yeah. or what would you, what, what's your two cents on that out of curiosity? I'm glad you checked me on, on uh, making sure I clarify, like, like I'm in love with my wife. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are days where we can't stand each other. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean you quit then because it's like, well, wait, Mitch said, or I was told that you're supposed to, if you're not passionate, get out of it. That's not what it is. Right. Mm. So if you know, by knocking doors, by working super, super hard in something is going to turn you into exactly who you want to be then you do love that walk. Yep. You just might not love it when it's 110 degrees outside. Yep. Or you got rejected all day. Yes, sir. But you really, on a deep level, you absolutely do love it. Exactly. Now, I, that's, that's a perfect answer. And that's exactly, I agree 100%. And I wanted your opinion because cause you're the one on here. But I, that's exactly the way that I look at it. And I love that. And I really do believe that you learn to love like the act. Because the walk, to me, is exactly what you said. Becoming exactly who I want to be. Yeah. And having the opportunity to present an opportunity to other people exactly the, yeah. like I had. Right. And that's, that is my walk, even though the act of knocking on doors, I actually hated at the beginning and it gave me <laughs> severe anxiety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, so aren't, I, you, but aren't you glad you stuck? Through so it? glad yeah, I, it's the biggest blessing. And I've learned more, more from doing that, even though I hated the, the simple act of knocking on doors, I had a bigger vision and it was all again, because of people I looked at, I saw Casey and I, that's exactly the way I approached it. I want to be him. Yeah. I want to be him. And that outweighed the fact yeah. that I literally flopped on my yeah. face my first year, that I was right. publicly humiliated at, at public events because yeah, yeah. I did that. And then privately humiliated by people that I was trying to sell stuff to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was, that was like, I, I wanted that bad enough. And like, that was my, like, that's my journey. My journey in life is becoming that. And if part of my journey includes knocking yeah. on doors, I will go yeah. learn to love it all day. And Casey would even tell you like, I guarantee you he loves the life he lives now more than he did knocking doors, even though he probably loves those moments of going, but that's what got him there. You know, exactly. So, exactly. so that is, that was his, I think he did it for 10 years. That was his 10 year apprenticeship to get him exactly where he wanted to go. So he did love that walk because that journey, that walk that he was on got him to where he needed to be. Yep. And so he really, really did absolutely love it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Exactly. But if, if you're doing something that you don't love, you have no idea what you're getting from it. And you're negative yeah, about yeah. it. Exactly. So I love Call that. me. We'll, we'll talk. We'll find you a new place <laughs> yeah, to go. Yeah. I need, I need the people around uh, to, around me and uh, in their life to have amazing vibes in their life. They might hate the thing they're doing right in the moment, but man, they love this entire process Journey. from a 10,000 foot view. Yep. No, see, thank you. Thank you for clear, for clarifying that because people can take that the wrong way. And I've seen people use yeah. that not as a motivator, but an excuse. And like, to me, that's like, you can go misconstrue anything, any type of advice from anybody. You can go and turn it into flip it into an excuse. But I love that you clarified that. Thank you. And I agree with yeah, you hundred yeah. percent. Um, and now one part I, I hate to rush past it. And I love all of that. I think that helps a lot of people in a specific position. One thing just for fun that I'm just dying to kind of hear about, like as in depth as you care to share stories about certain people there, like yeah. your ice hike that you did. Like I, yeah, I'm, that's bro. all I'm going to say, because I want to hear everything from you. Let's like what you. was that? How long, like everything, just tell, Let's tell us. Let's talk, dude. Let me tell you, let me take you guys back to like the literal inception, the conception, we'll call it, of my journey to spend 
nine days with some incredible people at Wim Hof's house in Poland. Okay, so that's the that's, that's where we're going. Let me tell you how that's it a trailer. That's the trailer. That's the trailer. The, that's <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, I'm taking you back really far because I think it's going to add to the story. Yeah. Me and my wife were living in Atlanta, Georgia, at the time where our business is headquartered. She's listening to a podcast, and uh, uh, Lewis House was a guest. He has a big podcast. A lot of people know him for his massive podcast. He's amazing. He was a guest, and he started telling his story. Which, my, by the way, my wife made me listen to the podcast because she's like, Mitch, your story, what you just went through in your life, all the craziness, NFL mom, she's like, you got to listen to this because it's crazy how similar you two are. And I was so excited to listen to this podcast because I was like, I've never met someone that's gone through what I've gone through. So I got to hear this, see how his perspective. Yeah. And I'm talking the similarities from, from pro sports to losing a parent to injury being the final thing to the specific body part that he injured on the specific leg to, that, that put him out of pro football to his desires in life, to the vibe that he gave off. I'm like, this is my dog right yeah, here. This is my guy. This is my guy. And there's like 20 other similarities that were like bonkers. So, uh, because I, didn't, because I didn't and, and typically don't get embarrassed, I DM'd him on the spot. He's got like 1 million followers plus. I DM'd him on the spot. I was so eager to meet this guy because it was going to be a breath of fresh air to meet someone who had gone through exactly what I went through and yeah. capitalize on some really positive things yeah. uh, that he's doing in his life. I DM'd him and told him my story, knowing that he'd gravitate towards that. Yeah. And that's, by the way, my first lesson is that's how you do authentically network is by finding people who are just like you because you actually need each other. Yeah. And I sent him a DM. He didn't respond. Read it, didn't respond. Sent him another DM. He read it, didn't respond. I think it was like two times. Then I sent him a DM again saying, look, Lewis, we are so alike in so many ways. It'd be a shame if we didn't meet up. There's no two people that have gone through so much in their life and be so similar. We got to meet up. I'm going to be in California, which I wasn't going to be in California. I'm going to be in California next week, which that's where I knew he lived. Uh, we should get together and throw the football around because he played football. He DM back. He said, LOL. Thanks for being persistent. Let's do it for sure. So I go meet up with Lewis House in California. I wasn't in California, but I drove down there <laughs> and I uh, meet up with him. From Atlanta? Uh, no, I was in Utah at the time. Oh, okay, so I good. Down, I was like, like whatever, go, whatever. Get a trip. flight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was like a 12-hour drive. But good deal. I, uh, what the 30 minutes that he gave me, cause he's like, yeah, I only have 30 minutes. Let's, let's just, you know, get together. We'll, you know, we'll throw the ball around. We'll get a little workout in. Sure. The 30 minutes he gave me turned into four hours because mm. we really hit it off on a deep level as you can imagine. Yeah, oh yeah. And my wife asked a really good question. She goes, what, who have been your favorite guests on your podcast? And he said, number one is Kobe Bryant, which was cool. Cause at the time he was still alive. And he goes, number two is this crazy guy named Wim Hof. You can barely understand what he's saying on my podcast, but he is spectacular. Well, who's this Wim Hof guy? Wim Hof's the, the this is uh, Lewis speaking. Wim Hof's the Iceman. He's broken like 15 world records, all dealing with freezing cold temperatures. He submerged his body in, for two and a half hours in, uh, in, in freezing cold water, and his core body temperature didn't change. Yeah. He hiked a half marathon around the base of Mount Everest barefoot, and healed himself from frostbite. Now, all these other crazy things. He goes, Lewis says, that's probably my second favorite. And he goes, as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to his house with some buddies of mine in about four months from now. And he didn't say another word because I cut him off. And I said, I'm going. I said, I'm in. <laughs> He's and he, like, who is this dude? He's I'm like, in. I said, I'm in. 
And uh, he goes, you're in. I said, I'm in, I'm going. He goes, all right, let's go, you're in. Because we, connected, because we connected, um, because he really liked me, and I think he saw something in me as like the 10-year younger version of himself. I think that's what he, why he invited me. Absolutely. I had no idea, I had no idea who his Iceman guy was. I had no idea who his friends were. And uh, about a month before, he's like, hey, man, we're still going to poll next, next month. You still in? I said, of course, I'm still in. He goes, here's a list of people that are going. And I started looking up some of the people. Half of them I didn't even know. I didn't even know who Mike Posner at the time. Yeah. Mike Posner was going, Aubrey Marcus, uh, uh, Steve Weatherford, um, uh, Jesse Isler, um, Humble the Poet, like some really rad characters that are all from different walks of life. That's amazing. And, and then me. And I, then love, me. I love it. Because um, I won't lie, n- not to cut you off, like in seeing that, because I saw that on social media, because I'm, I'm a big Wim Hof fan, I'm a big Jesse yeah. Itzler fan, and a Mike Posner fan. So like, yeah. I saw that you went, and I, in my mind, I was like, and even when you go, when you would post, I think it was from the past when you had gone, I was like, how did this dude end up out there? No, like in no type of offensive way at, at all. all but dude, like, wh- all. I have always wondered what the freaking connection was. And that's amazing. I dude, love hey, it. Like, I wonder, you created I, it. You I created wonder it. that too. You myself. created it. I was no, like, good. why am I here with these guys that are so, uh, you know, much further ahead? And um, we all connected really well. But we planned this trip to Poland. There is 17 of us. 17 people. There's a couple chefs. There's Wim. There's his son. And then there's, we call them the 13 Icemen. That was all the boys that went. So there's 17 people in one house with one bathroom in the middle of Poland in mm-hmm. January with like no heating except a massive fireplace that's like totally not to code. There's a fire billowing out, like no smoke alarms. <laughs> and the coolest part about that was it stripped everybody there of any pride because you're not at the risk Carlton. Yeah. You're at Wim Hof's house. Yeah. You're on a cot or you're sleeping on the floor. Yeah. You're eating food you've never eaten before. And so everyone there, especially because no one knew what we were going to do, everyone's a little bit nervous. Like, yo, this guy's like got this guy's broken world records in, in, in the freezing cold temps. We're locked at his house for nine days. We don't know anyone, nor do we speak this language. Yeah. So like it's about to go down. So it really stripped everyone down to the bare bones of we all have to just be our authentic self because you're you're not here, you know. You might be a billionaire, but you're right now you're not. Yeah. You've never done this stuff. You know what I'm saying? You might be a yeah. famous artist, but right now you're not because yeah. you've never done this stuff. Yeah. And this whole this whole thing was Wim Hof asking Lewis House to bring his most influential friends um, to Poland to experience this so that they can go back to the States spread and it. spread it. Mm. And uh, so we go and do all these Wim Hof things. So day one. Day one, we uh, did a 10-minute ice bath up to our neck in his backyard. He had, a, he had an ice bath made. We'd yeah. chip ice. It's January in Poland. We're chipping through a couple inches of ice uh. to get in this thing. And I had done, I had done cold baths to my waist because of football. It was just, you know, it was, how, it was what you did for recovery. But up to the neck is a different story. Above your heart is a different story. And for 10 minutes. Yeah. And you had guys that never even had taken a cold shower before. Yeah. So that was the first accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And once again, it was, we're all stripped down to the nothingness that we were in that moment because no one had ever done this. Immediately after, he takes us down on a hike to, um, to this waterfall. And the water's like five feet deep. And Wim Hof's 61 years old. And uh, he tells us we're going to jump in this, 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 uh, this water that's five feet deep. And uh, he hikes up there. He literally grabs his nuts and he jumps off. And yells something. Shut up. And you're like, if this 61-year-old man is, is doing this so confidently, I'm going to do it too. So within 24 hours, I'd done two things I'd never done before. 
and you're starting to like, whether Wonder. it's real or not, whether it's placebo or not, you're starting to feel like this superhuman feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I'm learning something. I'm doing what this guy's doing. He's done superhuman things. Maybe I could be like him. Uh. And then there was other hikes, every body of water, you're stripping down, you're getting in this freaking thing and just freezing cold. One of the coolest things we did though, and this is sort of the basis of what he does is the breath work. It's three rounds of 30 deep inhales and exhales with a breath hold in between all three rounds. Mm -hmm. And Wim has held his breath for, I think, seven minutes, I think. Yeah. He's like, guys, within three days, I'm going to get you all to hold your breath for three minutes. And if we're all sitting here right now, we can hold it for, what, 30, 45? Yeah, if. And so with this breath work and this breath hold, it's another thing that helps you tap into your superhuman potential. Cause you, once again, I did another thing. I held my breath for over three minutes uh, on the third day, like you said. And I'm like, wait, I, I might be superhuman. Like, I am like, Oh my gosh. And uh, it was, it was every single day we're doing something like this. And the crowning jewel of this whole entire event was a four hour practically naked hike on Mount Schnezka. It was negative 20 degrees. Shorts only, no shirt, four-hour hike. On the hike, everyone that we passed didn't have not even like a nose sticking out in that cold. Like yeah. it was goggles. It was these parkas, right? That these guys, people are wearing it to just to, like, be up in these mountains. To get up there. And then there's 13 half-naked dudes marching up the hill. Oh, my god! Negative 20 with the windshield. Kid you not. And uh, – at the beginning, it was you're so hyped up on adrenaline that it was okay. It was freezing cold, but it was okay. Yeah. You get, you know, uh, a mile from the top and there's, you're like, you know what? I feel so good about myself. It's okay if I die because I, I might. There's a yeah, chance I might. You're like. But we, we, get to the top, uh, we get to the top and we're able to, we're able to dress up and, uh, you know, march back down. And uh, once again, we tapped into that superhuman. We're able to, to un unpeel this, uh, this new person in us because we started back at the base. We don't know nothing about this and we're learning and we're malleable. And we had a guru that we were able to learn from for nine days and really tap into who the best version of ourselves. And we're doing these breathing techniques. You're high as a kite on oxygen, like your own supply. Yeah. And I remember feeling so amazing about myself after just breathing properly for 10 minutes. I remember all my worries went away. The fears, like the sadness for my mom. And I'm like, wait, I can heal myself if I need to. Yeah. There's every crisis I got myself. Yep. And uh, that's what we learned. And the coolest part about it is that stuff is so real. Yeah. That a lot of us have gone to do some, a lot for his brand, Wim Hof's brand. Like Mike Posner is now a Wim Hof certified instructor. And that's like 90% of what he does. You it's know what I mean? Amazing, dude. I'm doing so much more. I'm like a huge cold bath advocate. I'm doing a, a snow hike next month. Uh, same, same agenda. Uh, shirts not allowed. Shorts only. I'm taking, I'm taking a bunch of people. Y'all, you guys are going. <laughs> We're there. You're there. It's gonna I'll, be, it's I'll gonna pay be to see, I'll pay to see Zach in some shorts hiking up a mountain. It's going to be insane. <laughs> Best thing you've ever done. I Every person it. I've taken to do it is it's been amazing. And so because we were stripped down to the bare bones of who we are and then experienced some really cool stuff, all of us are really close still. I can call any of those guys. For they pick sure. up the phone. Absolutely. You know what I mean, yeah. Guys a thousand percent. Guys are starting businesses together. Guys are doing collaborating together. Uh, and it's, uh, it was powerful, man. And so I've been on a, uh, that reset me 
I started to see myself before that. That was three years ago from this month. I started to see myself get a little bit selfish because I was so scarred from those pains. Football, yeah. my mom. I started to see myself get a little bit more selfish. The second I got selfish, I gave off a, a different vibe. Yep. I started learning the self-healing process. Yep. And my vibes are better. Yeah. I'm more infectious. Yeah. And that's that's when I'm my best is when I can give off my best. Dude, gosh, that that's amazing. That, that story is amazing. It's hilarious. It's so entertaining. It's, insane, it's awesome. Huh? It's insane. Honestly, the best word's insane, frankly. Yeah. Um, and you touch on. I just really want to emphasize what you had said in there too. Is like, because I'm a huge Wim Hof fan, like a very big fan, and I and I do his breath work. I have his app and everything like that when I sauna, um, and I love it. Um, but you you mentioned I want to emphasize like everyone go look at it, go learn about it. Cause he, he had first kind of gotten into that and really, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this really gotten into it when his wife had passed away or yeah, he was she, in a situation emotionally. Suicide, yep. Yep. In a situation emotionally. And this helped him emotionally go and heal himself. Like mm-hmm. literally he realized through breath, he could go and heal himself. Just like you said, now, you know, through breath, you can go and heal yourself. Um, and I would definitely go and look into that. Obviously that's for, for him to go and advertise and show you guys, but like go look into Wim Hof and, that story's so sick. I've always wondered. It's insane. And for huh? anyone listening, that's my first time hearing, and I freaking love it. Like it's that, insane, that huh? couldn't have been it's a like better going, way. It's like going to meet Yoda, dude. <laughs> like it, it's like that. Oh, it's amazing. And it's then insane. I, I'm there. You're, you're Snow Hike. If I'm in town, I'm 100% there. I'll People always say they're boys. down until the day before, and they get really nervous, you as you up. should. I, I'm nervous right now. But it, it's no, gonna no, no. I'm not confident at all saying that in the slight. I'm yeah. so out of shape. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, I've got asthma. So when you say, yeah, just breathe right i'm like oh good luck yeah yeah i'll try um but i'm there like you you dm me if i'm here i'm there like and i'm not confident down. saying that in the slightest bit but i'm there it's going down yeah uh, i love it man i want to be respectful of your time that's that's an hour goes fast we'll definitely 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 be doing yeah. another episode again more than anything i appreciate you i learned a ton i hope everybody loved it um and thank you thank you yeah i learned a ton too I learned beautiful a ton too. thank so you everybody much. for tuning in appreciate you guys much love Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, As always, it was a blast for me. I hope you got something out of this. If you got something out of this video of value, share this with a friend and please go show your love. We're on all streaming platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Any ratings, comments, likes, shares, they go a very long way and they make it so I can keep doing these things for you. And I would appreciate it greatly. So please go share with a friend. Until next time. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.